This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. On today's program, our At Timothy series continues with a message entitled, Remember. Do you remember the big events of your life? Has there been someone who spoke the right words at the right time? Paul spoke to Timothy saying, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Let's hear more as we join Dr. Roosh right now. We're in part two, and uh, part two titled the message today, Remember. Everybody said, Remember. Now, I've learned a few things in my 40-some years of uh, life on this earth, uh, and it seems like the ages just keep going up and up and up, and, uh, and, but I've learned a few things that I've kind of settled into recognizing. Now, this is, this is kind of a truth. The first thing is, life changes and nothing stays the same forever. How many know that to be true? And you're growing up, you're thinking, man, when I get to this place, or I marry that per- person, or I get that job, then everything's going to be smooth. That's a lie. It changes all the time. It goes up and it goes down. I remember I came as a college student to Minnesota and started attending Emmanuel and dated Jody. And, um, and while I was in that season of life, I thought my life was so complicated. I had so much stress. And then we got married, and, and then we had one kid, and then we had two kids, and then we went from two to three, and from man-to-man defense to zone, and we went to four kids. And I mean, you know, life just kind of added on more things, and life changed. And so uh, my rhythms of life, my time, how I spent it. Now I'm in a whole new season of life where we're going to have a grandkid, and, and now it's going to be kind of different. But I've just learned that whether it's our family relationships change over time or your body changes. I remember when I was in high school, I could eat anything I wanted with no consequences. How many know it doesn't work that way later on? It doesn't work that way. There's consequences. It's not just eating, but also our bodies change. Our, our times of, of, of thinking uh, require more warm-up of the coffee in the morning and those kind of things, and more sleep at night in order to function during the daytime. And our health is affected. Our careers are changing throughout time. I remember I started as a youth pastor, and then I shifted gears and started working at a, at a university in education and teaching and then administration. And, and I, I was like, man, this is a big change. You go through changes. Now we're in an era where people don't expect to be wherever they are working-wise for more than a couple years. They're not thinking I'm going to be there for 30 years in this one job. And so things are changing all the time. So the the second thing is there are things that transcend those seasons of life. So there are parts of our life that go through the change. So relationship with your creator can make its way through all of those changes. But so can those relationships with loved ones and people that you care about. And for me, I take me with me, right? So I got to think about even though life has changed, I still need to keep moving forward and and I need to consider that. The third thing is this, I need significant voices in my life to keep me from drifting away. When I say voices, that includes kids that will scream and cry and they'll do things. And how many know people come around us and uh, we need people, voices, not just the ones that get us worked up, but we need mentors and leaders, parents, people that speak into our lives and remind us of who we really are. 
And I'm not talking from a negative perspective. I'm talking from the positive. They believe in us through every season. My parents are that way, and Jody's that way in my life, and she's seen me through multiple seasons of time. But people like Mark Denyes, a founding pastor of the church, spoke into my life. I still hear his words in my life, in my mind. And there's others that have come into my story. This is why the gospel is the greatest thing ever, friends. Because Jesus comes to bring hope. And we have work to do to keep that hope in our story. We have work to do through the transitions of our life to not forget those things which are most important. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And we have to have the capacity to lean in and retain our hope. When we lose our why, our belief that we matter, we drift and we can fall into hurt and hurting others. Now I'm turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1, starting with verse 3. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did night and day. I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. A couple things, just a reminder from last week. Paul talks about genuine faith. There's different types of faith, or sincere faith, other versions will say. That type of faith is not just a faith that is a placard that says I'm a church attendee or a church member or that my faith is only on Sunday morning. Genuine and sincere faith is very simply, it's faith that is your filter that you look at life through. That faith that is thriving and it helps you in every part of your life. It's not disconnected from your Monday or your Tuesday or your Wednesday or your Thursday or your Friday or your Saturday. It's not like you have your life over here and your faith is over here. Oh, this is my friends. I don't bring my faith into my work, or I don't bring my faith into my friendships. No, sincere faith is it's a part of every part of your life. And Paul says, I remember your genuine or sincere faith. I remember you've got it. In other words, you've got it, Timmy. You've got it inside of you. You have the capacity to keep it, okay? And now he says this. He says, but that faith started in your grandma." It started there. How many are thankful for grandparents, amen? amen. I'm, I'm starting to think different about grandparents now. <laughs> You're thankful for grandparents. You're thankful for parents, people that believe in you. Some of you have spiritual grandparents and spiritual parents that have stepped in to help you. And I, I, I think there's something powerful here because we see that there was faith in grandma and in mom long before he was born. It was intact beforehand. And by the way, if you want your kids to have faith, it's got to be in you first. You can't just tell them what to do. Tell them to act right. Tell them to believe right. And you don't have it. Faith is caught, not just taught, friends. And they will, they will inherit your faith, okay? And uh, it, it says there that it was inside of Lois and in Eunice, It was there. It was there. Now, by the time Timmy shows up, he shows up in his mother's womb, and their faith was there before he was born. But I want you to remember something, and this is true of Timothy, and it's true of you. 
Your purpose started in the womb. It started before all the junk happened in your life. Whatever's happened since the day you were born. Your purpose started there. And with all the debates and culture about when does life begin, I'll tell you what the scripture says. The scripture says it happens in the womb. Not after the womb, not after birth, but it happens in the womb. Look at Psalm 139. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. They're talking about God did this. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Wow. It's there. You actually have purpose in you because God was there with you in your mother's womb. You got it. You already have purpose. You're like, I was born, I was born in a, a crazy family. You don't understand. Or I wasn't even wanted by my parents. Or whatever things that pop into your mind. I want you to remember, before all that stuff happened, God was there. And you have purpose. Timothy had purpose. Yes, it came from his generations ahead of him. But he also had purpose because he was formed and shaped in his mother's womb. Now, because of the parent situation where now mom is passing on this great faith, there's a passing on of the faith. And that is the great dream of every parent. My dream is that my kids get my faith. Not just my stuff, come on somebody, but they know God, that they can know God for themselves, that they can learn to live and listen to his voice and operate according to the word of God in their life. That's my dream. Now it's their job to do it. My job is to pass it on. Turn to the person next to you and say, pass it on. <laughs> Paul said to Timothy, essentially, you have faith, it's there. I'm confident he's with you. Now look at verse six. In verse 6, he says this, This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. This is why I remind you. Paul would have an app nowadays with notifications. This is why I notify you, remind you. It's Sunday. Remember. Remember, remember. And he's essentially saying that there is a gift inside of you because you might forget. How many know you don't need a reminder unless there's the possibility you would forget? How many have reminders on your phone? How many set an alarm when you go to bed? There's something about you know, those, those other voices, those other inputs that enable us to remember where we should be. He says that, remember, there's a spiritual gift inside of you that you're to fan in the flame. I'll get to the fan in the flames in just a moment. But he says there's a spiritual gift. Did you know that you have natural gifts? Some of you are really good talkers. You're good with communication. Some of us here are really good at at athleticism and, and athlete type stuff. And maybe you do a lot of th things with your muscles and you're strong. 
Some people are very intellectual, and you use your brain for your career, and you're, you can use it. I don't even know what all the careers are that are in this room right now, but you can do a lot with those natural gifts. Those are gifts that were there shaped in your mother's womb. God actually shaped those things in there, the things you like to do. Some of us are outdoors people, and some of us like to be indoors. Some of us are, we, we like to talk all the time, and others don't want to talk at all because we're introverts, right? And uh, so the one that's clapping is not an introvert. I can guarantee that. <laughs> so, so we all have, we all have those kind of things that, that we're given when we're born. But then there's something else that happens after we've been living. First of all, the free gift of salvation comes in and we receive what we don't deserve, forgiveness. He blots out our transgressions and he makes us new. He makes us new. How many are thankful for salvation in your life? All right. But then there's a whole nother gift because he's not done throwing his gifts out. There's a whole nother gift, and it's called a spiritual gift. And Jesus promised that we would have additional gifts after he left. He told his disciples, go to Jerusalem and wait for the gift that I promised you. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and he'll help you reach the nations. And so the disciples are like, when are we going to get that gift? They, they show up in Acts chapter 2. You can read the story. And Jesus said, there's another gift. That gift will come to you, and you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist declared that Jesus was not only the one that would bring salvation, but that he would also come and be the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. That if you know Jesus and you've received salvation, did you know there's more gifts coming your way? How many are thankful for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? That baptism, by the way, is water baptism is the beginning of a journey. Spirit baptism is the beginning of a journey. It's a relationship with Holy Spirit that he will walk with you. And then he plants you in the church, the body of Christ. And Paul is speaking to Timothy as he writes his letters. And Timothy knows, because he's been on a journey with Paul, visiting church after church after church. And everywhere that Paul goes, he's sharing about the Holy Spirit in every single church. This isn't just some weirdo off in the cornfield doing weird things in a meeting. This is Paul, the writer of Romans and 1st and 2nd Corinthians and Ephesians and Galatians. and Col He's the guy that's writing all these letters to the churches. And, and Paul is now speaking to Timothy. He says, don't forget, there was a spiritual gift in you. And by the way, there's specific spiritual gifts that we receive as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the different gifts. Not everybody has the same one, but that we all receive gifts, ongoing gifts from the Holy Spirit to give to others. And Paul is now saying to Timothy, his protege in the faith, hey, buddy, don't forget, while now you got a new assignment, we finally got into the job, you're in management, and now you have that high role where you have a lot of authority over everybody else. Don't forget, you still need the gifts that you got when you were younger. Don't think you're so high and mighty now that you've graduated out of needing the spiritual gifts. Don't think, hey, I got that. I passed the test. I got my license. I no longer need to keep immersing myself in the leadership of the Holy Spirit. No, he's saying, no, 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 no. Timothy, 
He's saying, Timothy, listen, in the end times, people are going to do crazy things in culture. They're going to be lovers of pleasure rather than God. They're going to be chasing other things. They're going to have a form of religion but deny the power. So they're going to be okay with going to church, listening to the preacher do his thing, going home, and then living their life. And Paul says to Timothy, don't be like that. Remember, when you go home, you need the Holy Spirit. You need his gifts. You need him when you lead your family. You need him when you deal with confrontation. You need him when you're dealing with your finances. You need him when you're dealing with every part of your life. You need the gift. Don't forget that. And then he says, it's a gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Now some of you are like, that's different language uh, that I'm not familiar with. Well, when people would pray over leaders in the Bible, all the way in the Old Testament, they would put their hand either on the forehead or on the shoulder, and they would pray a blessing over an individual. And something would happen, you see, because in the church world, listen, if all you needed to, to live a life of godliness was to sit and watch Emmanuel uh, on your app and live stream and you never had to interact with people to succeed in life, everybody would be doing it. But in an on-demand culture, I want you to hear me. You don't just need to hear a preaching or a sermon. You need other believers in your life who know you, look at you, and can speak prophetically into your life who can call it out but be used of God to say, you can do this. Over time, I've had various leaders that have spoken in my life, God words at the right time, sometimes to help me stop doing what I was doing, to pause and reflect and receive fresh instruction from God. And in today's day and age where religion has become theater in its orientation, where people come in for an hour on Sunday morning and leave, but they don't have relationship with other believers, we're missing out on the prophetic interaction of laying on of hands. By the way, I'm not just saying that uh, just random go out there and lay on hands. You be careful about who lays hands on you, the scripture says. I want somebody speaking into me that's spending time with God and living a holy life. I don't want somebody that just says, you can do whatever you want, and then they're going to speak something over my life. Don't give me direction. Thank you very much. I want to I hear from people who spend time with the Lord. They have a word from God. And by the way, when the, the New Testament it says in Acts chapter 2 that the Spirit was poured out, the, the scripture that was quoted up from in Joel when Peter stood up, he essentially said everybody would prophesy. And Paul is pulling on a history lesson, if you will. He's reminding Timothy of an earlier moment in his story. He did this a couple times back in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. He says, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, he does it again. He says, do not ne neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Timmy had received destiny in the womb and spiritual gifts later on. And Paul is saying, don't forget those things, those moments, they're important. Let me pause right here in the middle of this text and ask the question, who spoke into your life? Think back over the years, spiritual leaders, people that care for your soul. 
Was it somebody, I, I had a couple of youth leaders that spoke into my life that I'll never forget, had a, an indelible impact on my life. Maybe you were at a camp and there was a speaker and God did something when you were a teenager and you ran to the altars and God did something powerful in your story. Maybe it was a business coworker or somebody uh, in a setting outside of the church or maybe it was Billy Graham watching TV and they spoke into your life and you gave your life to Christ. Let me just ask you to do this. If somebody is a spiritual leader in your life and uh, they spoke prophetically into your story, and it's a big part of who you are, why don't you take a moment after service today and write them a thank you note. Paul tells Timothy then, in verse six again it says, that this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Essentially, what he's saying is, I'm reminding you, you have a responsibility to fan this gift into flame. I'm what we call a complete novice outdoorsman. My idea of going outdoors is to stay at a Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> so I'm, I am not an outdoors person. So here's what I do know. I do know how to do a fire in the fire pit so I can make s'mores, come on. <laughs> that I do know. I need to work on it. And Paul is saying to Timothy, listen, you've got this amazing story of opportunities and spiritual gifts and interaction with the Spirit of God. You've got this all available, but in order for you to move into the future, you've got to fan this into flame. You've got to do things in order to keep it moving. And he says that there's actually a benefit to that. The benefit, look at the very next verse. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Has there ever been a generation more full of anxiety than this one? More trying to medicate it, numb it, trying to get away from it, deny it? Well, listen, friends, if you want to live in a place where you have power and love and self-discipline instead of that anxiety, and Paul is saying then fan and flame the spirit. Bring the spirit into your life every day. How do you fan your spiritual gift into flame? Let me give you five quick things. How do you do this? First, remember. Everybody say remember. Remember. Remember the people who believed in you enough to invest in you. Think back and remember your calling, how God was there with you in your mother's womb. And then he whispered to your soul later on. And even those of us that don't have a great family history, I want you to know God has consistently brought people into your story to believe in you. Even when you don't believe in yourself, you need to remember who God has said you are. Remember that you are wonderfully and fearfully made. Read through that Psalm 139 and discover he's with you. And of course, earlier on in that Psalm, it also says, where can I go to hide from your spirit? Nowhere. For the Spirit of God is wherever you are, and if you remember him, he has a way of pulling that back into the present. And by the way, that word remember is a great visual for me. When I think of a, a puzzle that's uh, not, not put together yet, but it's got the pieces all over the board, and remembering is to take each of those pieces and put them back until it's one picture. Did you know God has an ability to take all the broken pieces that we have and put the picture back together? Number two, grab the fuel or the wood of the word of God. Sometimes you want to have a fire, but you can't have a fire without the wood. What's going to fuel it? You don't know what to pray? 
you know what you need to learn to do is pray the word of God. It becomes your fuel, okay? It becomes your fuel. If you want to fan the flame, the, the gift that's inside of you, read the word. Don't drift from it. And don't just take somebody else's preaching of it. Hello? You need to read the word yourself. Come on. Some of you are like, I don't know, pastor. You can read the word. You can have the word read to you now on an app on your phone. When you look it up, the Bible app. It's on any platform. New version, Bible platforms. All right, second, or third, lean into the Holy Spirit. So what do you mean by that? Lean into the Holy Spirit. Well, this is what, I, what, what if you literally started your day by seeking the Spirit of God in your life right away? And you ask the Spirit to join you every day. You're starting off by leaning in. Everybody said lean in. So you can ask yourself during a day, am I leaning into the Spirit? Where am I getting my strength from? Who's sparking the story of my life? I, I want the Spirit to be my spark. I want Him to be the one that challenges me to grow. Fourth, and this is closely linked to it, partner with the Spirit. Partner with the Spirit. What do you mean? By, what's different than that than the previous one I just talked about? Partnering says, instead of the Spirit of fear today, Spirit of fear and timidity, you are not my partner. I am partnering with the Spirit of God. We learn to have a rhythm throughout a day. Learn to sing in the Spirit, as Paul says to the churches. To pray in the Spirit. To pray in. Bring him into the story throughout the day. Partner with the Spirit. Who are you going to work with tomorrow? I'm going with Holy Spirit. Every single Sunday in the, in the room I'm in, uh, we call the Pastor's Hub, where I'm in before services start. It's where I go. I go through my notes. I pray, that kind of thing. Inevitably, somebody from my team will come by and they'll go, you need anything? And they're wanting to ask because they want to help me out. And almost every single time I'll say, just need the Holy Spirit. I just need the Holy Spirit because if I'm partnering with the Spirit, I can handle the challenge. But I can't handle the challenge if I don't have Holy Spirit. And you can't handle being a single parent without the Holy Spirit. You can't handle doing those things in the business that God has called you to lead without partnering with the Holy Spirit. That's where you fan it into flame and sing in the Spirit. I'll drive down the road and I probably sound really goofy, but I'm like, Lord, I need you. Number five, and I'm almost done. Grow together with other believers. Grow together with other believers. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together, I am there. You wanna keep your faith stirred up? Don't do it alone. Bring people to the campfire. Invite them into your story. You can learn more about the various ministries that Emmanuel offers and see Sunday services and Wednesday prayer services live every week. Check out emmanuelcc.org for details. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.